0: Bye. 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 Welcome to the Beauty School Bobby podcast brought to you by Tennessee School of Beauty. Today, we are here at Tennessee School of Beauty with Chad Walker, the director of operations. So, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bobby. So, I have some questions for you. And something that I think when I meet with students that I always pull you in on um, to talk to prospective students about is the fact that you started in this industry a little bit late, um, later on in life. So, we have people that come in that are, I mean, even 25 year olds will come in and be like, I think i'm starting a little bit late and i'm like no you're never too late to do what you love and so i really like when i have people that are either moms um, and they've raised their children and they're in their 50s and they come in and want to do something for themselves so i really really love that um but i know that you have a story um that's similar to that of like doing something else and then coming into this industry so i wanted to talk to you about that so how did you end up here and how did you end up in this industry
1: well first of all i really appreciate that um that you do um, ask my advice and ask for me to give them um, a little bit of encouragement and um, because I do know how difficult it is to enter the industry a little later in life. Um, so I grew up in a small town in south-central Georgia, and we did have a beauty school there, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that boys did. Um, this is the, I graduated high school in 1997, so, um, you know, as pre-2000, I think that, I think that things have changed quite a bit, but, um, you know, that's just not something that boys did. Um, I didn't want to play into that stereotype, so I did what all the teachers taught us to do, and I went the scholastic route. I always made good grades, and so I just figured that's what everybody was supposed to do, so, I enrolled in traditional college. Um, I was a music major and had a full scholarship um, to Middle Georgia College in um, Cochrane, Georgia. And so, um, you know, I did I did the college thing. I hated every second of it. I wrote the papers. I attended class. I stayed up until midnight cramming for exams. And there, you know, I was hoping that I would find something in that college um, atmosphere that that got me excited and made me want to go. Um, music certainly uh, was something that I, that I was passionate about and I, I still love, but um, I got into music theory. I hated it. Um, I changed my major. I was a English Lit major. Um, they had me reading Beowulf and Canterbury Tales. I hated that. And so um, I wound up in a, as a psych major because um, you know that was the only class that I did not detest going to, um, and even that was short lived. So um, you know I was exploring different possibilities. I wanted to stick with the music thing, but college wasn't working. So um, I moved to Knoxville, Tennessee, with two hundred bucks in my pocket and a pickup truck payment, <laughs> and um, waited tables for a while. Um, just trying to figure out what to do with my life because college was not what I wanted. Um, there were no careers out there that I thought would be interesting to me, and i had already discounted cosmetology early on, um, even though I really enjoyed that. Um, so once I got here, um, you know, as you start becoming an adult, <clears throat> you become a little more responsible. You inch your way up the pay scale a bit. You start purchasing things, cars, houses, dogs. Um, you know, you get into landscaping and you're painting your living room, but you're just living, you're just working to make ends meet and it's not an enjoyable experience. And I think that a lot of adults in America have felt that way. Um, I know that I did and I didn't see a way out. Um, So, I just worked as hard as I could at what I was doing. At the time, I was in the mortgage industry, and I was processing loans. Um, For me, that was um, not appealing at all, but it did pay the bills. In 2016, when the housing market crashed and I wasn't sure what was going to happen with my career, um, they laid me off, and that was my opportunity to really make a change. I decided that if I was going to go back to school, that it was going to be for something that I really loved and enjoyed. And so I contacted a friend of mine that was a hairdresser, and he said, I can get you I can get you in touch with the people that you need to speak with. So um, I enrolled within three days and could not wait to start beauty school. Um, it was one of the best decisions I ever made.
0: So at what age did you come into the school? When did you start? How old I, were
1: you? I was 30 years old. Um as a, a new student and it was very intimidating for me and this is what i like to share with those students those prospective students that are here it was very intimidating to me one because you know i was surrounded i was the only male in my class and i was surrounded by all of these really pretty girls that um knew how to do somewhat knew how to do makeup and hair already and i had never held a round brush or a curling iron and when we were going through our kits, there were things in there I had no clue what they were. You know, I had to look around to see what everybody else was putting in their bags, um, and I was terrified. I was like, you know, here I am. You know, I've 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 jumped, but am I going to land on my feet this time, or yeah. you know, how is this going to work out for me?
0: That's awesome. So, how did you like build those relationships? Was it easy for you to just become like? A part of the the girl group, or was it? Were you kind of like an outcast a little bit in class?
1: Well, I think because I was, I think because I was older than everyone else in there. I think that I was um, approached last. You know, I think that all of the girls that were similar in age were making friends fairly quickly, mm-hmm. and with me being intimidated because um, I'm not shy, but um, I am when I'm not comfortable. So, <clears throat> I think I was one of the the last people to kind of come out of my shell in the classroom, but once I did, I made great friends in that class, um, friends that I still stay in touch with today that are behind the chair and are, are making great names for themselves in the industry. Um, it had its rough moments, but, um, you know, when you, when you put your mind to do something, I've always believed this, when you put your mind to do something and you want it so bad, small things like being uncomfortable for a moment are very easy to overcome.
0: Yeah, what was like the hardest thing about beauty school for you? Like, <laughs> do you have like like was there one moment, one client, or like was there just like what was the what was challenging for you?
1: Oh my gosh, there were so many um, at first. So um, I'll tell a story. Can I tell a story about uh, about one of the instructors that yeah that, that taught me here? Yeah, at the school? for sure. Okay, um, so I was really struggling early on Um, we were using a Marcel curling iron and um, all these other girls were working on these beautiful spiral curls and mine were not curls I don't know what I had (laughs) created on my mannequin Um, but they were really bad and um, I was beating myself up pretty pretty bad about it Um, and I pulled my instructor aside it was maybe the second week of cosmetology school and I said hey you know at what point do you grab somebody a student and say hey maybe this isn't for you you know I was really questioning had I made the wrong decision at that point because you know I'm, I'm like most people you know I had to come up with financing for beauty school um, and you know I thought oh my gosh what have I done and she said well let me ask you a few questions before you make your decision about that and I said okay and she said, well, Chad, how many times have you held a curling iron in your life? And I said, well, never until <laughs> yesterday. And she said, okay. And um, how, many, how many times have you watched somebody use a curling iron? And I, my answer was yesterday. <laughs> Again, and she said, then what makes you think you're going to walk into a classroom setting with people that have experience and you're just automatically going to be as good or better than they are, mm-hmm. and it made a lot of sense, but when you're under pressure and you have all of this um, all of this desire to be good and you're not quite hitting the mark, you become your worst critic, and you need someone with a level head to put things into perspective for you, and that's what she did for me. I still credit her with my cosmetology career that could have gone either way and at that moment it was leaning more towards leaving yeah and she definitely um, made an impact on me and i still i still think of her as one of the greatest people on the earth yeah. i mean she just
0: yeah made and a I, huge think that, for I think that i think you being in the classroom then um so we'll talk about how you ended up back here as an instructor but um you being in the classroom that had to have been something that was in the back of your mind of like i need to be i need to make sure i can coach these students, because I wouldn't be here if you know I didn't have that coaching as well. So I think that that's it's good that you had that because um, I think it probably made made you a better teacher. I
1: agree. Um, I mean, I I've always said you know people people need to be lifted up more than they need to be reprimanded or. You know, there's, there have been those instances, and I think just as human beings, you know, growing growing up as a kid and through adolescence and early adulthood, we don't see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't expect it from an institution um, that was supposed to be teaching me how to do hair. Right. I didn't expect someone younger than me even, you know, to put that type of thing into perspective for me and change my and, and change that negative into a positive for me.
0: Yeah. It's something that our students deal with all the time. I mean, there is, I feel like the majority of our students have at some point in their first four weeks because I get to meet with them when it's all fun and pretty and exciting right and then they start class and then it's like you're getting real like it's not just this idea and you're not so excited to start then it's like okay you're in it now and here we go and so I think that like making sure and that's one of the reasons I always try to go back and like check on them in class and like are you still happy or are you still this but like It's easy, and most people, I think, do have that moment of wanting to give up and being like, I am not good at this. But you're not supposed to be good at it the first time. I mean, there's a reason that you're here for 1,500 hours. You're here for a year um, to practice. Like, the first time that you do a haircut, it's not supposed to be. But we had a student today that came in after her first client, and is like, look what I did as my first client on the floor, and shows us pictures. And, like, nothing makes me happier than seeing them be so scared one day to take a client and then five minutes after their very first client leaves, that excitement on their face. I mean, that's just the best. Like there's just nothing better than that. So I think that that's not that's pretty common that you experience those feelings. As oh, gathering.
1: I, yeah, Um I and I've seen those moments, too, you know, especially being an educator and being in the classroom, you get to see those fantastic moments that um, where. You know something clicks in that student's mind, and it makes sense to them for the first time. And I'm not so far removed from it that I've forgotten that because right. I can remember being in class and it just not not coming together for me. And then, in a, in in this in a split second, it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then your whole world changes. You know, for yeah. that moment. And um, that that's what keeps me excited about our industry and about the. Learning aspects, teaching these um, these future stylists to be the best, to be the best they can be at what they love.
0: Yeah. So let's rewind a little bit. So you ended up after graduating from Tennessee School of Beauty, you went into um, a couple different salons before you came to be an instructor here. So what did you do after cosmetology school?
1: So, short version, um, I relocated out of state, directly out of beauty school. I stayed long enough to take my state board exam, and then I applied for reciprocity in Indiana. Um, My license transferred. I worked for a Nevada salon. I took some additional classes there as an assistant. And um, the salon that I chose, I chose for the wrong reasons. I chose it because it was pretty, and it was... um, advertised well. and just because I like the I liked the brand name honestly, um, it was big. Right then it was kind of new and I thought you know, this is going to be perfect. Um, Once I got in that salon setting, it was not what I wanted. Um, I was there maybe four months before I left and went into a chain salon that took walk-ins. It was a high traffic area and um, I didn't have to look for clientele. And that made me a lot happier right off the bat because I was beating myself up again, being that new stylist and all of those emotions that you get with, am I good enough, am I going to make it? Um, I've dealt with those things my entire life, having those feelings of self-doubt and, you know, am I good enough, Uh, can I compete? Especially entering the industry later, you know, here I am again questioning myself and so um, that really helped out and I started building a clientele and it started building really quickly. Um, So with that, my confidence got stronger um, I went from being a brand new stylist in um, six months in to having a cosmetology license to being a general manager of a salon and um, making the schedules and handling the customer relations issues. So <clears throat> looking back at um, looking back at that now. I thought it was a really trying time, but that gave me a lot of experience to move forward in my career later on, so that was really, um, it was really a positive. Um, Because of job relocations um, for my uh, partner, we moved back to Knoxville, which we were so thankful for. We had friends and family here, and, um, you know, it was a a big learning curve, but I went right back into a high-end salon (laughs) and... um, went in as an assistant again, because I felt like I didn't get that. Um, Sure, I got my hands dirty and I started building a clientele, but I didn't get some of the more advanced fundamentals that you learn from seasoned stylists and the everyday operations in a salon. So um, I went back through an apprentice program. I did that for nine months before I started taking clients. So I guess if you look at if you look at it that way, I worked for that salon for four years. Um, so if you look at it that way before I even decided to, to consider education, um, I'd worked behind the chair for five, five years.
0: Yeah. And so then what happened that you were like, okay, I'm going to go back. I want to teach.
1: Well, to be honest, Bobby, um, I had an instructor tell me before I even graduated beauty school, they said, um, they said, you should consider looking into teaching. And I laughed because I thought, there's no way. I, you know, I saw how much of a struggle it could be. Mm-hmm. And I knew how much I had left to learn that I wasn't going to have anything to offer these students.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so it was never a consideration for me. Um, However, you know, once you start building that confidence and people start believing in you, you start believing in yourself a little more. Mm -hmm. So um, I reached back out to some of my instructors that I had in beauty school. Um, You know, when you, in this industry, when you make those connections, it's so important to keep, to keep them. Yes. Um, Hair world is huge, but it's also very small. And so... You know the people that are in the industry for a while—they all know each other and, and respect each other. So when I reached back out, I got great advice from um, one of the instructors here, and she encouraged me to come in and speak with um, to speak with uh, George about the instructor training program.
0: Yeah. So I can't believe we're gonna put this on. We're gonna put this out there because we always say we're not going to say this, but I'm going to put this out there. You were everyone's favorite instructor. And so you started here like a year after I started here. Um, And I immediately, when you even were doing your training, everyone just loved you. I mean, you were so good at what you did. You controlled the classroom, but you were also like everyone loved you. You weren't their best friend. But they respected you, and they could laugh with you, and they could have fun with you, but they also knew that line, um, that they couldn't cross that line with you, that you weren't their friend yet. As soon as they graduate, um, then you can be friends. But you always did a really good job of, like, keeping that, and everyone really did just absolutely love you. So when this position came open for director of operations, it was hard losing you in the classroom, but we talked a lot about this. I mean, you and I talk, had this conversation, like, as long as we can – try to build mini chads or at least try to like, you know, have our teachers teach like you did, or at least have that rapport with the students in the classroom, um, you know, it was hard losing you and hard giving you up. But I think in this position, you have so much more to offer the school. I think you have so much more to offer the students. Um, do you have days where you are sad that you're not in the classroom anymore?
1: I have a lot of those days um, <laughs> where I want to be in the classroom. I I got to build really great relationships with my students because you're as a freshman teacher in our structure at this school, um, you build a great rapport with those students. You know their weaknesses and their strengths, and you can, you can encourage them to work on their weaknesses while not forgetting about their strengths and build well-rounded stylists. Um, you know, you're right. It's hard to it's hard to have a professional relationship and care about your students personally Mm -hmm. because you know we get students from all walks of life in here and I think that it's so important to not only um, be a role model for them and give them life learned lessons to live and to live by but to show compassion and show heart and be encouraging and uplifting um, it becomes very hard to find those balances, and I don't. I really, it's it's a miracle to me that I found that so quickly. Yeah. Because those were things that kept me up at night. Yeah. I was worried. You know, are they going to respect me? Are they going to? Um, are they going to like me? And it's it, so
0: weird because you never stress about anything. So it's really crazy that you would have done that. Well, <laughs> that's a lot.
1: Um, no, uh, moving into the to the director role, um, I. Bit off a lot, you know. I I saw some weaknesses that could be strengthened um, within the school, and I I struggle every day with my lack of getting there <laughs> fast enough. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, as far as our our instructors here go, I think we have a very solid team. I would put our instructors up against any beauty school in the nation. Yeah. Um, and I'm just thankful to be part of that team yeah you know I don't look at it as being I don't look at it as being a supervisor I look at it as being a team member yeah and um, you know co-leading the school we've got you know our our admissions director is fantastic (laughs) Um, (laughs) our owner is um, you know heartfelt and compassionate and he cares about his employees and his students and you know, you can't ask for anything better than that.
0: Yeah. No, we really are lucky, and I feel, and I realize that um, when I have students that are attending other schools. Not every school is is terrible, not doing things right, but um, there we do get a lot of transfer students. We get a lot of students that will come in and be like, "Hey, I'm at this school." I want to come to your school, should have came here in the first place, that kind of thing. Um, and when I hear what's happening there and I hear the different, I just, I know that we're not that. I know that we're not going to put them in the situations that they are being put in or, um, you know, that their instructors are missing or aren't there or whatever. Like, I know that that's not what they will, those challenges they won't face here. I think we do just have such a good team. And I only know this world, but then when I hear about other schools, I'm like, what? Like, what was happening there? Like, that's crazy. Um, not that everything is perfect here; it's not. Like we have bumpy roads and bumpy days where we're like, "What is going on?" You know. But I think the difference is these students are coming to a person. These students aren't calling different state; they're coming to us with the you know complaints or issues or whatever they're facing that day and they have a person to go to and i think that that is the biggest difference about our school
1: well and and something that you mentioned you know we don't we don't live in those other worlds mm-hmm. we live in this one um but it's so great to hear an outside perspective yeah you know we have um we have such a great rapport with the with the finer salon owners in yes. the area and in um, constant contact with them they recruit from us mm-hmm. you know really heavily and to hear them talk about what a fantastic place we are yeah you know there's days where I laugh and I'm like have you been in my office <laughs> have you been in my office lately yeah um, but you know to have those outside um, those outside perspectives those those other viewpoints that have seen, um, other areas tell us how fantastic we are and how great we are as yeah. a as a school. It really makes me proud to be here.
0: Okay, so I have two questions for you. One, I want to know a highlight of your career. So looking back from everything before today, like proudest moment, and then I also want to hear like biggest struggle of being a teacher. Um, I want to hear kind of something that you overcame in being a teacher too. So let's start with let's start with a struggle that you had in the classroom or. Um, something that's hard about being a teacher
1: okay Um, so for me my biggest struggle in the classroom is um, I think just having that that empathy for others because I knew that I struggled Um, I mean I struggled financially coming through beauty school too you know I've just been laid off from a job my savings were depleted it was hard Mm -hmm. Um, I really struggle because I want to encourage and help these students that i see um, that i see positive attributes in that i know can be fantastic in this industry i want to do it for them i want to i want to shake them a little bit and say wake up you know you i know this is a struggle i know this is hard but you don't have far to go you know pick up the pieces and let's go yeah. um it's really hard for me to let that go because i know not everybody is going to do that yeah. and when i see um when I see their possibilities falling apart because of decisions that they're making, it really, it hurts me internally because I'm, I'm one of those people. I try to find the best in everybody. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe you can be in this industry and not love people. Yeah. And especially, you know, these are our babies. They're adults. It's post-secondary. I know that, but they're our babies. Yeah. And (laughs) you know, when I see them making horrible decisions and not coming to school when they should and, you know, that's my biggest struggle. It really is. I I can handle, a dissatisfied guest. I can handle getting an order completed. Yeah. But when I see somebody making horrible choices for their life, and I know from I know that it's a horrible choice because those are some of the choices I made. Yeah. You know, um, that's my biggest struggle, Bobby. Yeah. I mean, I lose sleep over those things.
0: Yeah. I think that that's something else that's different about us, too, is just like, and you said, I mean, they are babies. And Brandon from Salon Bioshi, um, I think, said it best and really put it into perspective for me when he said you know we get these students and yes you can get frustrated with them like you can get love them so much and be so mad at them sometimes you're like why are you doing this but he said you know we have them sometimes through their teenage years like we have to remember how young some of these students are and just dumb and like when I was that age gosh like yeah, I was doing dumb things, you know, and so we have to keep that in check, but you said it. I mean, if there are babies and we love that, like love hard and fight hard, I guess. And you know,
1: and, and that's funny that you say that. Um, that's kind of a blessing that I came back beauty that I came back to beauty school at thirty because my early twenties, my my late teens, they were a disaster and I could only imagine what kind of student I would have been yeah. at that age. So I have to remind myself of that too, yeah. you know.
0: I tell people that all the time when they're in here, and they're like, am I too old for this? I'm like, no. Like, if you would have done this, you know, they'll be like, well, I wanted to do this out of high school, and, you know, I didn't get the opportunity, or my mom wanted me to go to college, or whatever, you know? And they're like, I wish I would have just done it. And I'm like, but you're going to have such a different experience now than if you would have done it, you know, at 18 years old. So I think it's kind of a blessing. Yeah, okay. you're
1: exactly right.
0: So highlight of your career. Looking back, what has been the best moment?
1: It's so hard to pick a best moment because um, – you know, in as an educator and being in a school, um, you know, monetary gain is not the reason that we're here. Um, so, biggest achievements for me um, is seeing seeing some of my students, seeing some of my, those babies, you know, get out of here, and and you really worried about them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, are they gonna please just get it together just for this? Are know? they gonna
0: make it? Are they gonna stay long enough to get through the hard part? The, the hard sustain? part, like are they yes. gonna push through? Yeah.
1: And to see some of them being nationally recognized and knowing that you know in just my short, my and I consider it a short career span at this point. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm new still. Um, I I think that that's a real feather in in my cap that you know that I could that I could coach that kind of career along.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the listeners are going to get to see this because once we post this podcast, like just watch and see on our social media how many people are like, I love Chad. Like, give me so much. Like, (laughs) we'll just wait. I mean, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to blow up. I mean, you're just, anytime I talk to anyone, it's house Chad. You know, I just think that you just leave an impression with people, which, I mean, we're really lucky to have you. I'll say that. I
1: just think, I just think that, um, that being genuine is the is the best thing that you could have going for you. You know, I yeah. think, and the students, I think they recognize that. I never put on that I'm anyone else. I am as level as I can be with them and yeah. I share my experiences, my gains and losses in yeah. hopes that it will help them avoid some, some of those. Yes.
0: So one question that we ask every guest, um, on the show is what advice would you give to somebody that's in beauty school? So I feel like this is a little unfair because we do this, you know, 500 times a day, but what is your like best piece of advice that some uh, to somebody that's either in beauty school or thinking about doing this currently?
1: Well, I think that you, I think that there's a feeling that you get when you know something's right. And I think if you have that feeling about beauty school and you have that feeling about this industry, don't deny it. Um, work with it. Explore your options. There's so much to do with a cosmetology license. You're not stuck in a one little bubble. Yeah. You know, there's so much you can do, that you can do. So explore those options and ask questions. You know anyone here will will do that um, will answer those questions and be truthful and honest about it. I didn't explore those and I think that that was a huge mistake yeah I think that you know if I knew now if I knew then what I know now oh how things could have been so different yeah um, not that I'm displeased yeah but that's that's my advice is to look for those possibilities stop limiting yourself and look for the possibilities
0: yeah I mean if you're in a miserable job or you're just like man I really want to do this but I can't get it like come talk to us because I think that usually when they come in and they see the school then they get more excited and then going through finding it usually is a lot more affordable than people think with um aid and you know scholarships and all of those things so um i just think it's worth it to be happy and seeing all the students that we've had that have come in and been like i you know i just kind of on a whim called it and and then seeing them you know be successful it's definitely worth it so okay so i want to play would you rather real quick (laughs) um okay so would you rather be a millionaire or bring a loved one back to life
1: I would, I would bring a loved one back to life. Um, who, I, who is it? I think I would bring my grandfather back. Yeah. Um Never in my life he was gone way too soon. Never in my life um, have I ever met anyone who cared about people and loved stronger than him. Um, you know, I, they. I, you've everyone's heard the cli- the cliche that money doesn't buy happiness and. I disagree with that. Sometimes I think that <laughs> I think that it gives you choices and gives Definitely. you options. But um, even in my poorest of states, um, my my grandfather made life wonderful. So yeah, I would I would love to. Have what him was his back. name? His name was uh, Emmett Ray.
0: I knew he was gonna have some really southern name. Like that's yeah. what I wanted to hear. And I'm like, yes, I knew it was gonna be yeah, good. Emmett Ray. Okay, and one more. Would you rather lose internet access for the rest of your life? Or have to walk everywhere for a year?
1: Um, I think that I would rather lose internet access for the rest of
0: my life. Than have to walk? I don't know, you are going to the gym now, so...
1: I I bet I'm the only one in America that that would answer that question that way. Um, I am so, that's why you're here. You're so great at this. Um... I, you know, I grew up without that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I have a hard time adjusting with it sometimes. If
0: I had to pick anyone that could go without it, it's you. Like, you would be completely fine, I think.
1: Let's be I honest, Bobby. Be I spend half the day looking for my cell phone. <laughs> I don't even know where it is.
0: <laughs> you have it in your hand. You're, like, using it as a flashlight looking for your cell phone. You're like, where is that? Right. Um, okay, and so one of the things that you're known for, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. One of the things that you're known for are your really, really good jokes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is not true you
0: have really terrible that, jokes yeah, they're but they're good really jokes so what is
1: they're your, totally dad what yeah. is
0: your favorite they are dad that yeah. is the thing it's like you are a dad you just don't
1: have any, kids. Have any kids yeah, yeah biological
0: <laughs> biological children you've got your pets you have your dogs but or your dog you yeah I have Eve yeah, yeah. Got my um okay so best joke
1: oh there's so many good ones out there um, I think one of the, I think one of my favorite ones to tell is um, why does Snoop Dogg always carry an umbrella?
0: I don't know. I don't think I've heard this for drizzle.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. I love it. That is a good one. So for more jokes and things you can expect from Chad, um, well, I love that. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast. We kind of threw this together last minute because we actually both had time today which never happens. Um but I want to thank you so much for being here with us today and then thank you so much to our sponsor Tennessee School of Beauty. Um you can follow them at tennessee and get admissions information at www.tennesseeschoolofbeauty.com Don't forget to follow me at beauty school bobby and listen to our podcasts um everywhere that you're listening probably right now. Um or go to the website. It's www.beautyschoolbobby.com. Um, and if you have any other questions, let us know. Um, Make sure you're rating reviewing and sharing the podcast um but we are excited for what's to come maybe we'll do a follow-up a follow-up episode someday that'd be awesome <laughs> all right thank you bye, bye guys Bobby.